I see a new city poured out from heaven, dressed for a party, blazing with beauty. Her rooftops are radiant trees, trembling with laughter, and joy, like a jewel, shines in her streets. From her walls and windows, no weeping is heard. Through her gateways and gutters, floods of tears do not flow. For in her homes and houses, no pain dwells. Bricks once broken down in mourning rise again in song and celebration. Stones thrown down by enmity and envy dare to dance in swirling swathes of mercy. She sings, a billion voices rising, the long-lost languages of human hopes, the secret praise of human hearts, released at last because her God is with her, because his home is made within her walls, because his voice is heard, gentle like the rains of spring, declaring new, 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 I am making all things new. This is the city I see, the future I belong to. This is the blueprint my heart holds onto. Even now in streets that sing another story, even here beneath a darker vision's shadow, this metropolis of mercy promising future realization Active now in love's imagination, this is my dream. And though I wait, and though I long, and though the sacred city may seem slow, still I will hope, still I will pray, still I will today rise up and build. That is a poem by a guy called Gerard Kelly, and it, I don't know, it expresses something, I think, of what we're, what we're feeling at this time, what we're preaching about, speaking about, what we're doing with belong. We're saying there is something that God has promised us. There's a family that God has joined us to, that he has adopted us into. And we want to work out what it means to be part of this incredible, earth-shattering gathering of God's people from every tribe and race and tongue, every background, every age group, every experience and culture. God is gathering a people. And every one of us who's adopted into the family of Jesus Christ has a part. Our heart and our desire, our urgent passion at this time really is that every one of us would find our place would know this dream within our heart to see this people that God has called out from the world that should look and increasingly will look different from those around and that will be the place where God dwells by his spirit, will be the place where God is encountered by those who know nothing of the living God. Amen. This is the church. This is the glorious family that we've been joined to, that we're talking about that we get excited about, that we want to say, have you found your place? Do you know what it means to belong in this? Have you found your, your place in the, in the family, doing your thing, released to use your gifts, to be the person that God has made you to be, a unique part that is absolutely necessary in this family that God is building? And we're going, we're going somewhere with this. God is gathering a people. 
There will be a glorious city where there is no more pain, where there is no more suffering. God's people. Amen. This is the church. And today we're looking, we're, each week we're looking at a different aspect. Callum served us so well last week, looking at the, just the aspect of uh, the poor, those in need, those uh, in all sorts of different ways uh, that God has a heart for, that that must be our priority. Today we've had an, another different perspective again, um, and I want to take you today to Jesus's uh, prayer just before his death as he prays to his father. I guess if you want to discover what's really important to someone, if you want to discover who they really are, what, what has made them tick in life, what are their priorities, then maybe you should listen to what they talk about just before they die. And this is Jesus doing just that with his father in John 17. So let's, let's read from John 17. I'm just going to read a little bit at the, at the beginning of the chapter and then um, a few verses from verse 20. So this is John 17, starting at verse 1. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you since you've given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And then jumping to verse 20, where Jesus, he, he, he then, after that beginning bit, he prays for the disciples. And then he goes on to pray, actually, for for us, I don't ask, he says, for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that is you and me, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and you in me that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you've given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O oh, righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. And so we get uh, what an amazing prayer. Jesus's expression of his heart for us just before he then goes to the cross and dies in our place. And so we see what is on his heart at that point, and he's praying for you and me. He's praying for us. He's praying for this people that will be gathered in, this people that will be rescued as a result of his death. And he prays, Father, may they know, may they be one and may they know this relationship that you and me have together and have had together since before the foundation of the world. So when we, dis when we, uh, 
wanna, if we want to understand God's heart and his passion, Jesus' passion for us as his people, we actually need to go back to the foundation of time. We need, or, or before the foundation of the time, before, the, before creation, I should say. And we discover that God is made up of three persons, I know you know this, who existed for all eternity in perfect relationship, loving one another, preferring, serving, relating beautifully to one another in, in eternal friendship and love, uh, existing together. And why were we created? Why were we added into that picture? We weren't needed. God didn't need us. He didn't need anything. He, he was perfectly satisfied in this relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But God created because of a desire to share that love, to share this intimacy, this relationship, this preferring, this amazing family of love that has existed through all eternity. God's heart was that we, human beings, Get this, amazing, isn't it? That we would be included in that. What a crazy thought. But just out of love, God wanted to share that love, to extend that family, to extend that perfect relating one to another, existing together, enjoying one another's, one another's company, in joy and peace and flourishing. God wanted us in that. Each one of us, with all of our differences, with all of our uh, different personalities and our gifts and our experience, God wanted to draw us into that. That's amazing, isn't it? That's what's behind the gospel. That's what's behind Jesus dying on a cross. That's what's behind him adopting us, that we might share in this eternal uh, family of love which has existed since before time began. That is the basis of what it is to be church. What a family to be adopted into. What relationships to be included and drawn in because of the mercy of God. Amen? If you're going to be adopted into a family, this is the one to be adopted into, right? How lucky are we? And now we discover that our job is to join God, that we, as we get included, our job is to join him in drawing others into his family, in drawing others into uh, experiencing this amazing uh, set of relationships, this amazing way of existing in joy and love and provision and blessing that is in God. Our job, now that we've been included in, is to extend God's mercy, is to extend his kingdom, is to bear his image so that others discover also and are drawn into this family of love. And here's the, the amazing thing that we discover from Jesus' prayer just before he dies, is that actually to the extent that we reflect the relationships in amongst the Trinity, to the extent that we, that we reflect God's mercy and love and grace that we've experienced, to, we, to the extent that we reflect that to one another, so to that extent will God's love and his uh, truth and his presence be made known to those around us. Amen? 
Jesus prays, I want them to be one so that the world will know who I am and that you sent me. Those two words are so key. There's two sets of two, of, of two words that are very key that I want you to remember this morning. And the first one is, so that. Jesus prays, I want you, I, I want to pray, Father, that they will be one so that the world will know. And he goes on about, he doesn't just say it once. He goes on, he says it three times, I think. And the final time it's, I want them to be perfectly one. I want them to be united. I want them to be together. I want them to share this love that is at the heart of the Godhead throughout eternity. And to the extent that that happens, to the extent that that love is known amongst us and is shared one to another, to that extent, the world will know. There's something very powerful in the, the way that we relate to one another that God has called us into that will then display who God is to the rest of the world. That's what Jesus is saying. Amen? I want them to be one so that the world will see and know. The thing is, God's people is made up of all sorts. I don't know if you've discovered that. And we won't get on with all of them naturally. We won't be like all of them. Very few, actually, probably. But there's something here of incredible significance that I want you to feel the weight of this morning. That this is, what, this is on Jesus' heart just before he dies. That his church should be drawn together and should be one. Because, you know, we're all here on the same footing, aren't we? And I want you to uh, think for a moment of people within, you know, within the family of God over the years that have frustrated you or that you've had difficulties with or you've fallen out with. I know most of you can't think of anybody right now. <laughs> but, you know, the truth is that every one of those is here on the same basis as you. Isn't that beautiful? We come with nothing, amen? We come deserving nothing. We come with a whole load of sin. We come dead in our sin, in fact, as separated as we could be from God. And every one of us is in that same category. So there is no place for superiority or inferiority. There is no place for better or worse. There's no place for in or out or on the edge or on the inner in the clique, that, that, there's no place for that within the people of God because we're all here with nothing. We all bring nothing to the party. Amen? We're all here with our mess and our brokenness. And God says, I come and I reach you. And he says, and now I want you to do exactly the same. Now that you've received my mercy and my love, I want you now to make it an absolute priority to extend that to one another. Even when it's difficult. Even when it's frustrating, this is not an, I'm not, I'm not calling us to an easy task here, but I'm calling us to a crucial task because this is on Jesus's heart that just before, this is what, before he goes to the cross, he's, Father, if there's one thing I want, I want to happen is that my people might reflect the love that is amongst us. This love that I've got with you, Father, I want that to be demonstrated because then when that happens, boy, then the world will know. And that's the call on us. And this is a, this is a serious business. You know, in, in, 
the world says to us, you don't have to be friends with people that you're not like, that you don't, well, A, that you don't have to be friends with people you don't like, but equally, you don't have to be friends with people who are not like you either. The world is full of divide, yeah? If you don't get on, divide. If you, if you fall out, walk off. If you're different and you can't work through that difference, go and do something, go and go, go gather with somebody who's like you. And we see it played out in extreme in, in a situation in the Middle East. That's only one example right now, but we're different. And look at what happens. The world is full of different, so divide. But we are called to something absolutely different from that. We're called to the opposite of that. We're called to go towards difference. We're co- called to go into difficulty where we've fallen out, where things don't work, where we find frustration. We're called into that. God says, I want to be amongst them, the love that is amongst us as the Godhead. This is profound, isn't it? I'm not say, I'm not call, I say I'm not calling us to something easy, but to something incredibly important. And so, you know, we, we t- the thing is, it's on so many levels, isn't it? We talk about, we, we laugh here because we say it a lot about walking, uh, about crossing the room. But crossing the room is the first step of, of this. And I know we find, we find that hard. We find it difficult to, where there doesn't seem to be common ground or we don't have anything in common. We feel different from somebody. But we're only doing the first step of what Jesus is calling us to, that we might be one. So that, so that the world might know. Amen? And so we must stir ourselves in this. And we we must do the hard work. Because Jesus is calling together a people from every tribe and every tongue and every background and every experience and every walk of life and every age group. And it will be a beautiful, beautiful thing before the throne of God. Amen? And we get, to, we get to begin this journey. But my sense is God is called, well, our sense, our, God has called us into a family of many different people just in the local church here. Uh, and it's at much more, many more levels than that. But it starts here that we begin the hard work of relating to those who are different, of, of building relationships where they've fallen apart of not walking off when something goes wrong and not going to find somebody who's the same as us, but coming together and saying, no, I'm here on the same basis as you. I didn't bring anything to this, nor did you. The differences that I feel, they're they're created by God for his glory. And we're called to love and to extend friendship and to show mercy and to go again and again, and it's a high calling because then the world will begin to see something that's different. So we're called to this within the, the family of God's people. We're called to it beyond that. Let me just give you, a, a, I tell you what is, it was so encouraging this last week because I don't know, some, many of you will have seen an email that went out uh, across this uh, at our local church here, this, this part of God's family in the week 
um, I think it was the week before last, when we sent out an email just saying there's a need within the family uh, that we can't fulfill through uh, the, the gateway charity as we, as we sometimes would just because of uh, char- charity commission regulations and we have to be careful what we do with our funds and that kind of thing. But there's a need that we want to be met within the body. What we need is 10 people to give £50 a month for the next three months just as to, to meet this need initially and then we'll see how we go. And do you know what? The beautiful thing was that within days we had all those 10 straight away and people didn't even people didn't even know people didn't even know what what you know didn't have the details of what that was about but that response to say yeah count me in this is I'm part of a family it doesn't matter who the person is doesn't matter what the difference is actually there's something that God is doing and we're uh, extending love and friendship and our resources to one another. And I tell you what, that, that is a beautiful demonstration. It's only one little example, and we've got a long way to go in this kind of thing. Uh, but but I, that made me proud to be part of this family. And actually, there were others as well. We got the 10, and then others were saying, and oh, what about me? What about, I'm like, you have to wait till next time to give. Because <laughs> we're sorted for this one. And we've got to look for those opportunities. And we've got, to, we've got to look for the challenge of going where it's harder, where we don't know what to talk about. We don't have common ground. But God has joined us together in a family for purpose. I don't know about you. I, I, have, you read, have you read Revelation? Do you know what the family of God's people looks like when it's gathered before the throne of God? It doesn't look all the same. And so I, I think it's, a, I, I, wouldn't, I don't want to be in a church where everybody look, is the same. Is that okay? To, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> God is doing something and the world needs to see. And so we need to get our act together and we need to push further into this. And we need to learn what it is to love where loving is difficult and where relating to one another doesn't come naturally. We need to go towards that because so that the world will see something that it doesn't see outside. Outside, that doesn't happen. We, must, we are called to something utterly different. We cannot look like the world. Otherwise, let's not bother. Amen? This extends also beyond us as a local church. So many of you will know um, that on our heart is to, is to pursue this across the body of Christ, particularly in our town, Again, across the wider church, there are many divisions. There are many differences uh, in, in theology, in practice, in style, in, tra- in tradition. But our heart is to say, because of John 17, we must go towards. We must work. We are the body of Christ in Swindon. And actually, as we find one another, as we love one another, as we become one, we fulfill the prayer of Jesus Christ before his death so that the world may know. If we want to see Swindon reach, then we need to do the hard work of being the body of Christ and loving one another. And so we give a lot. We, we unashamedly give resource and time and effort to building across the churches in Swindon. That is on our heart, is our passion, because we believe John 17. We believe so that the world will know. There's something, even if we can't see it, that happens in the spiritual when we are at work with this. 
a few years ago, 20, uh, 2014, I think it was, when uh, Justin Welby came to Lydiard Park. I probably Some of you will have heard us talk about this before. Um, but it, it was a bit of a milestone for, for me, I don't know about for Colin, in terms of just grabbing our hearts with this. And I still love this quote. He, he was new in the job of Archbishop at this point, and he was good, doing the rounds. He came to meet with a load of church leaders at, at Lydiard House for a breakfast. And, and this is the, the quote from that day. We know from John 17 that working together, being together, sharing together is the priority of Jesus Christ for the mission of God in the world. Amen. The more division goes on, the more we become accustomed to it. It, become, it can become habit rather than scandal. But it is a scandal. And each time we meet, we should remember what a scandal it is. That applies wider, that applies within here. Every time there's disunity or discord or separation because of difference or because of misunderstanding, every t- that is a scandal in terms of what Jesus died for and prays for. We had a, we had a gathering yesterday in Bible society. Um, just a few of us. But we feel another, something that you, you know that, that on our heart is to bring together those of different ethnicities and different cultures. We want to see that thrive. We know we have a huge long way to go within Gateway, but we want to see that across the town as well. We know there's many divisions by ethnicity and culture across the church. And we want to do, again, the work of saying, can we come together and understand one another and understand our pain and our difference and the things that we struggle with? And can we be can we work out what unity might look like across some of those divides? And so we just started something yesterday we, call, um, we called an intercultural church conversation just to come together and say, can we hear one another's voices? Can we hear one an- what one another are feeling? It's part of something actually that's going on across the nation. So there's a, um, an organization called Gather, which again, I might have talked about Uh, which is really a network of unity movements across towns and cities in this nation. And the same conversation actually is going on. It's something that God is doing across our nation of bringing together those of different ethnicities and backgrounds and cultures um, to say, can we we begin the hard work of saying, "How how, how does this feel to you? How can we work together? What does it look like to be God's people in this place? So again, we began a conversation. We're not, we, we are not, We're not saying we're good at this, but we believe it's on God's heart. We believe John 17, and we believe we've got to work at it, both within the family of God, right, you know, with... In the, in, the, in the seat next to us on a Sunday morning, but equally across the town with those who are uh, proclaiming the name of Jesus in other churches in this place. Amen? I think that's enough, really. You, you, you've got what's on my heart. I'm quite passionate about this. Um, I want us to respond. I want this to sink into us as God's people. I want us to live with it, really. Um, that we also would be scandalized where there's division or um, separation between those who are part of the family of God, who are here all on the same basis. Um, so let's do it like this. Let's, we've got five minutes. We're going to share communion together. Because, oh, that was my other two little words, wasn't it? My other two little words from John 
17.23 was even as. Because Jesus says that they would know that they're loved by, by you, Father, even as I am loved, okay? So you, me, we are loved even as the Father loves the Son, amen? So the Father, God the Father loves you, loves me as much as he loves Jesus. Did you, do you hear that? That's, that's a big deal, isn't it? God loves you and me as much as he loves Jesus. And that is the only basis on which we relate to one another. We can. It's hard work going across difference. It's hard work relating to those who are different from us or we don't understand or we've fallen out with. The only way we can do it is knowing how much we are loved. That, that we know that we are loved even as Jesus is loved by the Father. That's the only basis that God has loved this person that I'm relating to as much as Jesus and he's loved me as much as Jesus with all the mess that I came with. And that's why our response must be to celebrate by breaking bread and wine. Well, drinking, don't break the wine, drink it. Tim Keller puts it like this, we need to rub our noses in the truth of the gospel because that's the only thing that will motivate us properly to go to one another where it's difficult. We have to be reminded again and again what Jesus did for us, that he came to where we were with all of our mess, that he paid the price and now he calls for a people who, who pay the pay the cost of going across the room, who pay the cost of going to those who are different, of forgiving those that we've fallen out with. But we can only do it because we know the love that we've received from God. Amen? If you're with me, right, this morning in wanting to build that kind of a people, a people of difference who love one another thoroughly and deeply, if you're with me this morning, and I don't want you to do this lightly, but if you're saying, yes, I get you, let's build that kind of church, would you just stand with me this morning? Don't do it just because somebody else is. Right. So you, you lot, now you have to put, put your money where your mouth is, Okay. So I want you to, this is going to be twos this morning. And my, my call is, please, can you go get up some bread and, and some grape juice? And can you go and share it with somebody you've not spoken to before? Preferably somebody who maybe looks a bit different from you. They might be a different age. They might be a different ethnicity. Okay? Don't, don't do this in groups. But if you've stood up, I want you to respond by... It, it, it is, the, it is the cross the room. But go and find somebody and just pray. Like Colin said earlier, just pray God's blessing. Thank God. Okay, listen. Thank God together that you both made it in because of the, because of the mercy of Jesus. Right? Thank God for your differences. Bless the other person. That's it. Share communion together. Go.